Welcome, my fellow nerd and nerdettes. Today's podcast episode features talks of dragons, the Iron Throne, and lots and lots of frustration. <laughs> You're now listening to Featuring Days. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the first ever podcast episode of Featuring Diz. And today's episode is the first episode of a series called Game of Thrones Therapy. And uh, if you wonder why we need therapy, then you probably have been living under a rock because you have not heard the news about uh, a certain, you know, event or a couple events or just, you know, stuff that's happened. But uh, let's get right into it. So we're going to be talking about season eight, ladies and gentlemen, and I got a group of people that'll be with me. I got my best friend, Brandon, here. Say hi to people, Brandon. Hey, how's it going? I got a good colleague of mine named Chris. Yeah, Chris? A man has no name. <laughs> <laughs> and I also have the lovely lady, Miss Kimley. Hello. And uh, today we're going to be talking about Game of Thrones. And first up, I just got to say that, you know, we've all had some ups and downs with this, with this uh, season and the show in general, but, uh, you know... Like Tony Stark said, part of the journey is the end, and uh, we're going to talk about this end. <laughs> yeah, that's also the guy that says, you, first you got to run before you can walk. So. <laughs> that is true, that is true. Well, in the great words of Johnny Cage, let's get this party started. So, alright guys, I want to talk to you, we, we have a lot of bad to say about season 8, but let's talk about some of our favorite scenes in season 8 in general. And uh, Sir Brandon, would you like to go first? Okay, my favorite scene on this season so far is when Brienne gets knighted by Jamie. That's I mean, true. That's I, awesome. Yes. I, when I saw this scene, I was just ugly crying. I yes. just, just tears. Because as a as someone who's read the books and mm-hmm. a fan of the show, it it meant a lot to Brienne because she want she always wanted to be a knight. Right. And I always thought of herself as a knight. And uh, get acknowledged by someone who initially hated her at first, but then they got that mutual respect from yeah. each other at the end to have this really cool moment, and then have Tormund in the background just going all <laughs> like, going all crazy, and I having what the Tormund, Davos, yep. Tyrion, yep. and Pod all together watching it. That was a very intimate, and as a viewer, I felt I was in the room as well. Right, and so that that was probably my favorite scene. And, yeah. For at least this season. Yeah. And and that that's a good scene because I would say arguably Bran is probably the most honorable character in all of Game of Thrones. Oh, and Bran and Ned. Oh, yeah. That is true. Ned, I, like those I, I love me some good Ned. But Ned, in yeah. different ways. Because yes, Ned yeah. had, like, honor, but he was also, like, very strict about the justice as yes. well. And I would say Bran is, is more merciful in her own way. Agreed. Um, one thing about that scene, I also love the camaraderie leading up to it. Mm. I, I almost considered picking that as my favorite scene, but I didn't. But I, I really loved just seeing some of these characters interact again and some of them interact for the first time. Um, and just really feeling like they were contemplating their death and dealing with it in the, their own way and, and kind of bonding together. So Yeah. Yeah, definitely like embracing the um, the breath before the plunge. Now that the the long night is coming, and you know, for all they know, they're dying. The, the I would say that of the entire season eight, that the episode before the Battle of Winterfell was probably uh, the biggest highlight for me, just because you have all these characters coming together, interacting. Some more awkward than others, especially Jamie and Bran meeting up for the first time since <laughs> the shove out the window. But um, I do agree with uh, Bree. You, you mean the stare down. <laughs> <laughs> boy, old boy was dead. He was dead. It's just... <laughs> Bran's like, 
hey man and jamie's like oh shit <laughs> this is awkward so how are you doing bran oh you know better since you pushed me out the window i, I have to say the memes for like this, this season have been on point that's true so, i have a whole chat with my siblings where we just send each other game of thrones memes constantly that's great um though like if i uh just throw out just one thing that i did that i think was hilarious like just some of the comedic moments of season eight were also some of the highlights. I think Tormund needs his own show. Yes. Oh, yeah. yes. Well, I saw a Tormund and Ghosts yeah. show and I was like, I would be behind that. 100%. I always had blue eyes. Yeah. So, uh, so I have to say that Tormund probably handled rejection the best way any man could. Yeah. Incels take note. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can be bummed about being rejected. Do it in strides. Yeah. <laughs> Be like Tormund. Yeah. Yes, for sure. So to talk about my actual pick for my favorite scene, um, I would say everything leading up to Arya taking out the Night King. And my reason for that is because I feel like it's actually one of the loose ends that got tied up nicely by mm -hmm. this show. First being Beric, like why he was brought back to life so many times. And also Melisandre with her whole wanting to find the person that could, could take care of this problem and actually making it come to pass. And also having Arya be this example for the Hound of like, okay, well shit, I know I'm scared, but I have to just, mm -hmm. for no other words, man up and do this. So I, I really liked that whole lead up. I felt like it was very conclusive. And even though you might think Arya is an obvious choice, I feel like a lot of people were probably thinking it would be Daenerys or Jon. Agreed. And so Agreed. having her be the one to do it actually made her whole storyline have more purpose as mm -hmm. well. Not that it didn't already. Right. I mean, how to free anyone. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm a big Arya uh, fanboy. So I'm an Arya stan. So like, you know, I was super happy. You should have seen Erica. I was jumping. I was like, yeah, girl. Yeah, yeah that was probably the best moment yeah. of the whole season for me. Right. Uh, so for me, there are two two scenes in particular um, that I love, and um, one is actually the negotiation scene in see uh, it was I think it's the episode of the bells right where the no no it's the episode before it's the, so it's the negotiation so it's the negotiation scene that takes place between the two hands and it's uh, uh, Tyrion uh, speaking with uh, uh, Cersei's hand and um, yeah and then also what happens afterwards where Tyrion tries to go talk to Cersei. So Peter Dinklage is, is a great actor. There's yes. no doubt about it. But with tension being at an all-time high in Game of Thrones Season 8, for obvious reasons, I feel like Peter Dinklage's acting stepped up as well. And the amount of emotion and delivery this man gave with his eyes alone, he basically told Cersei, look, you are my sister. I care about you. Even though you've done some horrible things and everyone is in the city is going per to perish. Please do not do this. Mm -hmm. He told her that with his eyes. You could see he was struggling with every word he was trying to tell her. And Cersei saw it. You could tell part of her probably wanted to give yeah. in. But we all know Cersei. Yeah. She, she's not going to bite. And it was really rough seeing Tyrion tell his sister without actually saying it to her that I'm worried about you. Because Danny is not in a great place right now. Nope. She will go go ham. And and uh, Peter Dinklage, uh, was, he, was, he, he delivered all of that masterfully. Like, when I saw it, I was like, wow. Like, that was great. And so I absolutely uh, loved that scene. And then another scene I absolutely loved was um, the uh, Arya Stark and Hound scene. The one where they're both going to get, to get revenge on the mountain in Cersei. And the Hound stops and tells uh, Arya to, uh, you know, to leave. If you follow me, you, you won't come out alive. And it's interesting because the Hound is basically uh, Arya's surrogate dad. 
And the hound uh, basically told Arya, and it's kind of funny, uh, the hound doesn't care for, he cares for very little outside of revenge on his brother. So seeing him stop and tell Arya, this, this isn't for you, I thought that was absolutely great. And that was probably two of my favorite scenes in the season. Uh, Peter Dinklage giving that amazing acting scene with his uh, with his sister, and then the hound. It was the hound. The hound scene is very simple, but it was just great because Ar like Arya's father died when she was super young. Well, she's still super young, but still. And like I said, those scenes were great. Love them. Yeah. Speaking of super young, that uh, the scene with Gendry. <laughs> yeah. Oh, please, please, man. Oh, why? I why? love how. Maisie Williams is just taking that whole thing in stride and mm -hmm. and laughing along with the rest of us. Yeah. Like, you feel like you guys were uncomfortable. <laughs> think about my family. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I love that. Yeah. Did you say your favorite scene, Chris? I, I think I did. I, I think um, uh, the whole episode, like, um, before uh, the Battle okay. of Winterfell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. A good highlight. Um, Podrick's song, I think, really set the mood. Yes, yes. yes. I would agree I, with I that. listened to an interview with him, mm -hmm. uh, with the actor who, who did Pod. He was like, he, he made the comments like, I hope I don't fuck it up. Right? <laughs> he, he, he kept telling himself, sing so well that I don't get cut. Right? <laughs> so that the scene stays in. Right, right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So he kept saying, I kept Oh, that's him. awesome. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, rumor had it if he did terrible, they're gonna bring in Ed Sheeran again. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Because okay, y'all know what happened to Ed Sheeran. He had to turn off social media. Yeah, but anyway, um, also another scene I want to bring up because I feel like uh, it, it deserves some hype is um, basically any scene involving Varys and uh, and Tyrion. In, yeah, in the well, season. He, that, that's always been the case throughout yeah. every season. Yeah, yeah. but any scene involving those guys is just amazing. And so I just want to throw. It's strong throw it out acting. There. Yes. Um, as far as action scenes go, I also feel like the Hound in the Mountain Ooh. showdown mm -hmm. was actually the only nice part about episode five. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I I really liked having that epic moment finally come to pass and, and just seeing them both go down together. I, right. I really liked that. Yeah. So. It's, it's very poetic too because he went out in blazes and yeah. the Hound is notoriously known for being afraid of fire. So yeah. it's great. Yeah, it's very similar yeah. that way. I will add that the brother scene between Jamie and Tyrion was, prob you know, was probably the one scene outside of uh, the aforementioned. Because... I was a little disappointed with Clegane Ball, to be perfectly yeah. honest. I, I, like, it didn't quite play out in my like I thought in my mind. Right. But, you know, that scene together, just seeing, like, the two brothers and Tyrion opening up, even though the decision itself, I still feel like was, what were you thinking, buddy? Right, right. <laughs> and so, I, so I actually had a segment I was going to bring up uh, talking about uh, emotional scenes that I loved, and number one on my list is uh, Tyrion rescuing his brother Jamie, and it, it was it was interesting the words the words that Tyrion said to his brother. You're the only person that didn't treat me like a monster, and, and I I actually teared up hard at that scene because I have a twin brother. Me and him would do anything for each other. So seeing that scene just just hit me, and I was like, dang. I did like look down. I was like, I'm not crying. I'm not crying. Even though no one's in the room watching me, no one's in the room watching me cry. But I'm like, <laughs> anyway, so that was me. I saw uh, yes, Chris. I agree with that. That scene was great. Uh, so, like I said, I know it's kind of hard to speak great of this show, of this season in general, but you guys have a favorite episode. What would, you, what would you describe as the best episode? So, either one or two, but I ended up picking the first one just because mm -hmm. you still had hope for the right. season. Right, right, right. And it hadn't been crushed yet. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. And I, I liked the, the reunions between the characters, and it felt like the most Game of thrones Mm-hmm episode for me right. it still felt true to like how the show operated mm -hmm. and seeing those characters reenact to get like re um sorry act together again mm -hmm. um and then the i know it's like fan service but the dragon scene was cool like oh, seeing the yeah. the dragons fly over this beautiful 
um, scenery was great. So. Okay. Anyone else got anything they want to add? Not really, since I... <laughs> <laughs> Like I said, I forced myself to pick some positive things. <laughs> yeah, I don't have a favorite episode. <laughs> yeah. oh, I still stand by my, uh, you know, tonight we uh, eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow we die. <laughs> yeah. And I would, Chris, I'm kind of, kind of with you on that one. I'm probably, I'm gonna go. With, but I will say though that um, the episode before the bells. There, there were quite a few moments I liked because we got a lot of various interior going over what they should and shouldn't do. And since those scenes were some of my favorite scenes in this season, we got a lot of that in this season. I thought it was great because Tyrion was really struggling on what he should do. And, and it, was clear, it was clear that by the time the, the episode The Bells came along, Tyrion was really struggling. And he kind of came, to, came towards the end of his efficacy of what he was trying to be able to do uh, and, and able to serve uh, Daenerys the way she wanted him to. And... He was really struggling with that, and I like the I like to see I like seeing that struggle because he was a good actor. We got to see a great performance out of it. So, I would agree. Um, so and uh, hashtag poor injury. Um, <laughs> so she didn't have to do my boy like that. But anyway, it's uh, Arya. Yeah. Do you really think she's yeah. like okay? Let's go have a <laughs> yeah. good yeah. time. I've already talked to my boy Chris here extensively about this. Is that I never expected Arya in the end I, to, if, to if, go off and live a happy life. I never if, if she actually said yes, mm-hmm. I would have killed. Yeah. The yeah. writers. I, yeah. You have more than enough reasons mm-hmm. to kill the writers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That would have just pissed me off because that just goes so against who Arya who she is. Yeah. And yeah. That's what's kind of funny. That's also another reason why I like uh, the name of the episode escapes me, but why I like uh, the episode right before Bell's uh, so much actually is because you got to see uh, more true colors of the, of the, of the characters. Like Arya re- basically reaffirmed that look, I am not trying to be anyone's lady. I am not a lady. She has to see herself as a lady. And, and like it goes, it's a callback to when uh, Gendry, Hot Pie, and her mm-hmm. were trying. Like it's like right before the the whole Heron Hall stuff mm-hmm. and when Gendry finally finds out mm-hmm. that she's a you know the Stark of Winterfell and it's like change and them. you know like yeah. I, hello Lady Stark mm-hmm. and she's like I'm not no, I'm no lady, lady. Yep. yeah so yeah. I like that callback mm-hmm. I would agree and with that I would even say that's a culmination of just Arya Stark even from the get-go when yeah. you can tell kind of her defining feature when Ned has a sit-down with her in uh King's Landing she's you know kind of getting used to the new climate the new um way of life way of life and not only that but also her expectations about like moving forward and you know she just lost her uh friend the butcher's kid and ned is trying to assure her that you know things are bad but you know they will get better and you'll be expected to do this and she's like that's not me me right Mm -hmm. right like uh one thing so so uh, since we're already on this Arya is my favorite character but the reason I like her is from the get-go, I you knew who she was. She was real and authentic. While there are many, there are many in the game, when you play the Game of Thrones, there are so many characters who aren't showing their true selves. Yeah. And there's so many characters that change. Arya from the very beginning has been authentic. You knew who she was. So yeah, she soon, never really wavered. Yeah, and yeah. so she pops up on the scene, shows her brother up with the archery. I'm like, yes, <laughs> I love this girl. Yeah. And so, uh, but anyway, moving on to our first big topic, I want to ask you guys, should John have told the Starks that he was the true king. So he could have told Arya, but he shouldn't have told Sansa. And the minute, minute he did, um, me and Greg were like, well, Sansa's about to spill the beans. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, it's one thing to tell Arya, mm-hmm. because John and Arya's relationship was that strong. Mm-hmm. Like, the, he gave her the, her first sword. Yeah, the, there was that trust between them that mm-hmm. went 
really deep and very strong, and you got that from the very beginning of yep. the book and the show. Agreed. Yeah, the show did a good job. And of you doing don't that as well. get that. Like, there's there was no love between John and anyone else except for maybe uh, Rob. Right, right. He still cares about his siblings, but he, it's not the same, like, yeah, there's, close relationship. Yeah, like what he had with Arya. Yeah, and Sansa's been very clear about how she feels about Daenerys and mm-hmm. about Daenerys being the queen, and I think it was very stupid of John to trust her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I definitely have to agree that it was a stupid decision, but it sounds like a very John decision. Uh, uh, like, yeah. Very, yeah. Very much like <clears throat> Ned. You know, it, it sounds like something that feels natural to John. He wants to be open with his siblings. He, it feels like an honorable thing to do, even though you know Daenerys clearly points out to him, you know, taking him by the shoulders, like, do not do this. <laughs> and of course, it's like, well, they're my family. I trust my family. So it sounds like a very John thing to do, even though it ultimately, you know, blows up in his face. Yeah. And I think the timing of it was the problem. Like, I feel like it could still be a John thing to do, and he could tell them later, like, once Daenerys is kind of settled in and hopefully have, hasn't destroyed a capital of innocent people, mm-hmm. um, that he could have been like, okay, by the way, like this could have been me, but let me tell you about why I don't mm-hmm. want to have that. Yeah. Yeah, da- Daenerys is a character that from the get-go be- have, has believed in destiny. Mm-hmm. Uh, she, she said numerous times that it is, my, it is my birthright, it is my destiny to sit on the throne. And uh, she, that, that's, that's been one of her main goals this entire time. So to have something so big being put in front of her, even though John doesn't see it as big, she does, and it's, it's like, a bit... Ru- like, and it happened, like, right before she crossed the finish line. Yeah. So yeah. I just, like, this last stumble, like, what? Yeah. what? Like, yeah. Daenerys quite literally begged him, begged John yes. not to do it. And I I was actually there with him. And I'm going to be quite honest with you guys. I'm actually not a big Jon Snow fan. Like, like I don't I don't dislike Jon. I, I, I like Jon, but I, I, I don't love him like a lot of people do. And so seeing him do that, I'm just like... I want to I like book John right. more than show right. John. And I would have to say that so far, too, actually. So, But uh, next big topic I want to bring up to you guys is how do you feel about Tyrion uh, telling, da- uh, telling Danny about uh, Var- uh, Varys's, uh, you know... Betrayal. Yeah, so... And, and my, my whole thing is, is that from the... Varys, arguably, is loyal to a fault, and... His grand loyalties are to that of the realm, mm-hmm. and so which well, which which, which well, I would say to the Targaryens. Okay, because well, like he, his plan all along was to get a Targaryen back onto the throne, and okay. maybe that's true in the books, but, but no, in in the and, show, and, and to some extent in the show. Okay, to yeah, some extent in the show. But he did say, like, I can't even remember what episode. It was probably episode four. Mm-hmm. Um, he did say, like, my ultimate loyalties are to the realm, mm-hmm. and I will do whatever I have to. Yeah, and to I, be- I believe he said, he said that once in season eight. I believe he said it again to Littlefinger. Mm-hmm. But uh, Varys, Varys uh, is, is very loyal, and his loyalty is what ultimately costed him his demise. And I don't know. And, and, and don't the, know the, same, the, I... the same can be said about Tyrion, though, right? Because... Uh, T- Tyrion, uh, Tyr- Tyrion doesn't have Tyrion. Uh, he's loyal. He's very loyal to people who do right by him. There are very many of those people. There's what Bronn, Jamie, and what Daenerys. And so when 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 Daenerys was there and she said what she was gonna do, I think Tyrion wanted to stick it out. And both of them stuck to their guns, their their loyalties. And I don't know, man. I, I, what, what do you guys think, Kim? Um, I was just gonna say I feel like Tyrion has a soft spot for his family mm-hmm. and like he obviously he rescues Jamie and, and doesn't care that, that Daenerys will be unhappy about that and um 
But I think when it comes to... He's kind of realized that he's put himself into a bad spot with Daenerys where, like, he's quote-unquote failed her. Mm-hmm. Um, that I think he's kind of picking and choosing his battles. So it's like when it comes to his family, he's like, yeah, I'm going to do what I need to for them. Like, even though I do care about Varys, like, I he's someone that I can maybe feel... Like, he doesn't feel okay about it, mm-hmm. but he's, like, more willing to sacrifice Varys for being obedient to Daenerys than he would his brother. Yeah. And 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 you could you can make the case that uh um Varys doing what he was trying to do, which is treason trying to get Jon on the throne, could have cost more lives, cost more if could, could, could have cost more lives and that's probably why he didn't want to do that. He didn't yeah. want to piss off the lady with the giant dragons. You know? <laughs> Not so. only that, but I I just feel like if you're a spy master Mm -hmm. and you've been able to serve the realm in whatever capacity up to this point you've been serving Targaryens you've been serving the Baratheons this is supposed to be the spider he's supposed to be Pretty smart, about as smart as Tyrion, if not a little bit more, is, because he has connections. Right. Not only that, but he served the most kings too. Right? If you're that sloppy, where you're mm-hmm. basically op- nakedly off, you know, offering to Tyrion, mm-hmm. who doesn't necessarily have um, the best loyalties, and then to Jon Snow, he was sloppy. So I feel like he deserved the fate that he got, at least in the show, because it's like if a person as smart as Varys didn't see what could be wrong about being that open about treason. Yeah. He's doing something wrong. Yeah. And I feel like it's not really Varys's way of doing things. Like I feel I feel like Varys is much happier to like sneakily do mm-hmm. things. Like oh, yeah. say say a word here or there but not be so blatantly like, well, I think John should be the king and and just outright yeah, being treasonous. Uh, Var- Varys' demise was was handled very sloppy. Yeah. I, I, I will say that, especially if you go look at some of the big moves Varys has done in the past. Oh, yeah. But uh, Var- Varys is, is, is at an, is at an interesting sp- was at an interesting spot, though, because Varys, lead, he ultimately leads a very uh, uh, selfless and lonely kind of life. And there's this uh, line that Varys says um, when he's speaking to my boy Oberyn Martell, where he says... Um, um, when I see what desire does to people, what it's done to this country, I want no part of it. Because Oberyn, Oberyn makes the case everyone desires something. Mm-hmm. And um, and because Oberyn previously was speaking to him, telling him that, uh, what do, you, um, do you desire um, boys? He's like, no. Oh, women? It is. He's like, no, neither. I desire none of that. And he was telling him, desire, look what it's done to this country. And um, that, that's a very selfless thing to do. His loyalties were to like the throne and the Tar- Tar- Targaryens. And that's a very selfish thing to do, but it's very lonely though. And that's kind of what happened in the end. He was by himself and, and it was kind of a messed up death, but. Um, yeah. But the whole leaning towards like, um, John in the light of it feels a little uncharacteristic right. to me because I feel like Varys would be the kind of person who goes like, we'll see how this goes. Yeah. We'll, let's see I how would this agree plays with out. that mm-hmm. point. I would definitely agree oh, yeah. with that point. <clears throat> Okay. Because, and, again, he's inciting a civil war when another civil war hasn't even finished. Exactly. Right, right. And it's like, I could see him having fear that something could go wrong, but he doesn't really know that something will go wrong mm-hmm. quite yet. And um, it honestly could have been one of the many straws that broke the camel's back with when it came to Daenerys um, with what she did. But that's another topic we'll talk about. Sure. Okay. <laughs> all right. So now that I have you guys all here, very quickly, who are all you guys' favorite characters? I'm going to start with you, Brandon. Favorite character in the show? Or books, man. Go ahead, yeah. Uh, come back to me. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, obviously we've talked a lot about Arya. Um, I really love Brienne mm-hmm. Tarth. Um, so is my brother. Yeah, he's a big fan of Brienne. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah, I'd say probably those two would be mm-hmm. my main favorites. Mm-hmm. 
Tyrion is my spirit animal. Okay. Oh, that's <laughs> Tyrion. I don't know why I didn't yeah. think. Yeah. And if you guys don't know Chris, I, I know him very well. I can yeah. believe that. I applaud that answer, actually. Yeah. Just because, like, t- I-, I feel like I can relate to someone. I mean, obviously, I don't suffer from dwarfism, but... Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like, you know, somebody who feels like he's very intelligent, but sometimes makes very stupid decisions, <laughs> um, probably wields his intelligence or what he perceives to be intelligence a little bit too liberally, and that gets him into trouble quite a bit. But I also feel that, you know, he has the, he, he's very sarcastic, mm-hmm. and I kind of love the, the deadpan snarkers, mm-hmm. um, just because it makes, you know, it, it's kind of the, I, I seem to gravitate towards characters that I feel like either like the Hulk where it's like it's intelligence but he, it also has to temper with a dark side of that intelligence right. that rage where with Tyrion it's like the probably the best idealized version of myself but <laughs> again he's also very flawed he's right, not exactly right. a saint by any stretch of the imagination but outside of him um I'm kind of in the minority that I kind of like Ygritte and it saddened me that she was kind of amen to that dude my brother okay. raged so but, hard when she yeah let me talk about that a second because I have even before the whole big reveal about um, who John really is. Mm-hmm. I've never felt that John and Daenerys has worked. I've mm-hmm. never felt the chemistry there at all. Whereas, what, you, don't, you don't you don't think incest is good? <laughs> incest even, is best. Even, it's not best, but even before, <laughs> like I did not feel like it was good. Whereas with Egret, I mean, granted, they are married in real life, mm-hmm. which probably helps, but that yeah. felt Ooh, like a real pairing. And she brought out the best in yes. Jon Snow. Yes, she pushed so, him too. It, I love Egret. Mm-hmm. I'd agree with that. One, oh, go ahead. Oh, uh, I was just gonna quickly say, you know, outside of that, you know, I kind of have a soft spot for Jorah. You know. Oh yes, I do like. Uh, I don't like Jorah. Sorry. What? I love Jorah. At least how he's uh, at least how he's um, rendered in the show. Okay. Um, and I, you know, I think I also like Tormund just for the comedy factor and Sir Davos. Okay. Oh, yes, yeah. Give me some. That was great. I have to add one more to that list, although I agree with a lot of those. I would say the Hound, mm-hmm. because he mm-hmm. does not give a fuck. fuck. Nope. Like, one of my favorite, and I'm not even going to say the line right, but it's when he's in that bar, and he's just like, fuck this, fuck that, fuck the queen. Mm-hmm. And I'm just yeah. like, yep, yep, that's right. Mm-hmm. You're cool. <laughs> so I have to say something, and this character was actually my favorite. When he, when he popped up, I was like, well, sorry, Arya. Baby, I loved you from some season one, but I'm moving on. Uh, but then he met his demise. My favorite character from, was was Oberyn fucking Martell. <laughs> so Oberyn Martell, he stole, AKA, he stole mine. My bad, Brandon. <laughs> we can both love this dude, but Oberyn Martell, aka the Viper, this dude was decently diplomatic. He was a smooth talker. He was charismatic, and now that this dude was practically the Westeros James Bond. He was the Brown James Bond. <laughs> this dude was was the shit. I loved him. He came up there. He was he was hypersexual. The dude was great, and not only that, but he kicked the mountains ass into last week. Oh my god. <laughs> He had to tap he got into too his. Cocky. Then, then he got had to tap into his Inigo Montoya. Yeah. Yes. 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 Say it. You, you, oh my god, dude! I love when I watched him beat the crap out of. I was like, ooh! I was dancing. I was like, ooh, yeah! And then when I saw the ending of that episode, I was like, ah. throughout the fight, I'm like, just finish him. Finish him. Yeah. Finish him. Don't, don't waste it. Yeah, no, he was um, he was a hypersexual smooth talker and I loved him. So <laughs> I also have to say Samuel Tarly. Mm. Um yeah. I and actually it's that actor's like first like big break and I think that he does a phenomenal job with his acting and is just like a good moral character. Mm-hmm. And I You know him. there's a theory about him, right? Like, no. That he's the one writing the books. Hmm. Oh shit. Yeah, that's that, that, I it's, see a, that. it's a book only theory, but like it's it's writing about like what happened in the the kingdom like he's like 
quote-unquote historian of Westeros. I like it. I can so, get behind that. Sam, we need to talk about how you describe women genitalia. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So. Oh, and so I also wanted to bring up... Um, I, I still need to tell about my favorite. I mean, if you got them, there's the door right there. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. All right, go ahead. Go ahead, my man. Go ahead. Okay. The Sand Snakes in the books. Okay. And over Motel. Yes. Because the Sand Snakes in the TV show, TV show sucked. Yeah. But in the books, they're more badass. They are smarter, smart as hell. Mm-hmm. And they, in the books, are getting Marce- uh, Marcella to become the queen. What? In the books. That's actually kind of cool. Okay. So I love. I, I wish the show was able to do that. Right. That whole storyline, yeah. and they didn't bring in uh, a, a black like a black star, the guy named Black Star, mm-hmm. that we don't know too much about in the books. Right. I just wish we could have done more with that. And you know, one one of the daughters is actually in. Um, the was it the Citadel or whatever where Samuel okay. wanted to go become a maester? She's there to be the, to be on the maester and studying. Right. Well, well, Brendan, okay, cool. I, uh, Brendan, I gotta tell you. So when I make it big in Hollywood, I'll be sure to, to do a reboot of Game of Thrones and do it right. <laughs> no, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> Give it a couple of decades. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be, I'll be are, you, are you gonna call it Game of Thrones Brotherhood? Oh, sh- oh! I see what you did. I see what you did. I see what you did. All right. Uh, so moving on, the next big thing I want to talk to you guys about is biggest disappointments in season. About the eight. whole season. The biggest. The whole season, but one concept in particular okay. is just the rush and the push yes. to an ending because Amen, that is sister. not what the show has been the mm-hmm. whole time. It has been an exploration of characters within a world mm-hmm. and not this like, oh, let's just get everyone, shove them where we want them to go and finish this damn thing. Like yeah. they needed to take much more time um, getting no, to they, this ending. They easily could have done a, a minimum 10 episodes. Minimum. I, I want more. I feel like they needed like two more seasons. Agreed. Like so, yeah. they needed At, more time to get this done the way they should. The long night was a very short evening. Yeah, yeah it really was. It, was. it yeah. was. And it was a disappointment to like have this big build up throughout the whole show of oh this Night King and the dead. And it's like, let's just tidy this all up in one episode. Although I did love Arya killing him, like just the way it was handled it was done poorly. And the Night King wasn't as big of a threat mm-hmm. to Westeros. Yeah. As he was played out to be. Yes, yeah. I would agree. My, it, it's kind of like going from like Lord of the Rings. You know, we have to face uh, Sauron. We we gather our forces at the Black Gates. You know, Frodo needs us to divert attention so he can finally destroy the great evil. Then we destroy Sauron. Then it's like, okay, now we got to go back to the Shire to the uh, scourging of the uh, Shire mm-hmm. to Saruman. Okay, this was the least interesting part of the books because <laughs> like, the, the whole climax of the story was already gone. Now it's just like, okay, now we're kind of spinning our wheels at this point right yes i i definitely have to say um how rushed and sloppy season eight uh felt and for those who for those who don't know uh the the showrunners um while they were uh, do, uh both do, doing the whole process of season eight they were wrapped up in so many other uh, other deals they're getting ready to do star wars wrapping that up they got offers to do all kinds of other shows and so oh, and, and so it's so it's like so it's like and they had already said that they were kind of ready to be done with game of thrones and in a and it, it, sh- it and there's a bit of a disconnect, and you could feel it in season eight. Yeah, you can definitely tell they were just all right. Let's how, how can we wrap this up as quickly as possible, uh, without having to have to deal with it for another season. And they did, and it was bad. And I actually have to say that I know a lot of people are very upset with uh, what happened uh, with uh, what happened with Daenerys's quote unquote turn. 
um, in, in the episode The Bells. But I would have to say uh, the character that I felt got done the most dirty um, would, that, would be that of uh, Jamie Lannister. Yeah. Mm-hmm. J- Jamie Lannister yeah. was... That was... Bullshit. Because well, because because you, you you could argue with Daenerys at least you know oh she's a Targaryen oh you know it, it runs in the family or and there's foreshadowing you could argue all those points granted foreshadowing doesn't automatically uh, equal uh, character development but still but with Jamie that was bullshit I am sorry that- I think that both are terrible well we'll talk about Jamie first since we're on right. the topic of him um I. I have really enjoyed his character arc, minus right. the rape of Cersei. That right. moment was crap. Mm-hmm. Um, but it felt like such a disservice yep. to everything yeah. that's happened. It's like, why did you even do this to his character if you're going to have him end up here? Because yeah, like, in the books, you, the, his turn is a lot more redemptive, and he's more empathetic at the, where we're at in right. the books. Mm-hmm. And I love him as a character in the books. His books. Mm-hmm. And to see him... Go from knighting Brienne and having, you know, popping her cherry. You know, I hate to say that, but popping her cherry. Yeah. And then turn, like, pretty Just much. Just do a total 180. Yeah, and they're like, what the hell? Come on. Like, she loved, there's clearly love there yeah. from her. And to stab her in the back like that, that's just. Just that breaking bad, her heart. Yeah, bad writing. Bad yeah. writing. Dude, now, and watching that scene. Dude, I my, my heart was broken watching that scene. Cause like I said before, I believe Brienne is probably the most honorable character in the show. And to see that shit happen to her, dude, I, my 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 jaw was on the ground. I was like, yeah. what? It was it was so unfair. And oh, don't get me started on that bullshit line he told Brienne. What was it like? Uh, She's Bri- hateful. And, she, so and so am I. Get like, the fuck you out. You're not hateful. You yeah. were. Yeah. yeah. I, I think more than that, like the scene where Tyrion breaks Jamie out, and mm-hmm. uh, he was talking about like you care. It's like I don't care. Really? If that was the truth, why did you stab uh, Targaryen in the back? Right. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you have some care mm-hmm. in the world. Yeah. yeah. And it, I feel like they... So one thing is, like, I feel like some of these plot points, they could have had them happen for different reasons and with longer time. Right. Like, I feel like it could make sense for him to go back to King's Landing, but not for some, like, oh, I just want to protect Cersei and live with her and love her. But more for, a, like, I need to protect the kingdom from Cersei and mm-hmm. do something about that, and I'm probably the only one that can. And, um, like, in the books, there's that prophecy where... Yeah. Mm-hmm. And where the younger brother is going to kill the queen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I.e. Cersei and Jamie and Tyrion are both considered younger yeah. brothers, mm-hmm. and a huge theory was that Jamie was going to do it. That, to re- that's what I thought to redeem both of them. And the way Cersei and Jamie theory quote unquote died, it's fucked up. It was. I'm like, it was a I, I, to I, both I, of them. I, I, they, they, both of them deserved a better death. Yes, mm-hmm. because while Cersei is. God awful as a person, she is f- fascinating to watch as yes. a character. Yes. And having her. I love just, to hate her. Yeah, I love to hate her too. And just having her stand there, like, helpless, watching the city be destroyed, and then she's like, oh, I'm just going to run away and get killed by a building with my brother. Uh, it it, it would have been better if either Jamie killed her, like, yeah. stabbed her with a sword, mm-hmm. kind of like what he did to the Mad King, mm-hmm. yeah. or have Arya. Who has had Cersei on her death mm-hmm. list do it? One of those two mm-hmm. would have been a hell of a lot better death for her 
then what and have Cersei go down fighting. Maybe yeah. not maybe not physically mm-hmm. fighting because she's not that type of a fighter, but fighting for what she believed. Agreed. In. That absolutely, absolutely. I, I I would have liked to see Cersei die in the most uh, human, humanely possible. Horrible way possible. That that that's me. I would have liked to see her just get get it bad. I don't know what that is, but I I'll think about it. I feel like it should have been like how if I would have written and directed the scene. It's like uh, Cersei's probably like retreating. She's understanding that the walls are crumbling around her. She sees Jamie. They both have a moment where Jamie is tormented because he knows what he has to do and it's going to kill him. But Cersei's coming towards him like, oh, finally my beacon of hope. Tell mm-hmm. me that this is okay. Ja- Jamie draws his sword. Stabs her. Yeah. Yeah. That would have been that, better. That would have been better. And it's like, I'm so sorry. And you can see the pain in his eyes. Like, this is a woman that he has loved for a long time. But he, you know, and this was something that I felt like they did a good job um, uh, foreshadowing in season seven. Like, he's realizing that, you know, this bitch be crazy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, it, like, now he has to actually do something about it. Yeah, I would agree. That's what should have happened. He should have realized, like, she's a cancer to this realm. And needs to be taken out, and I'm the one that should do it because I love her. Right. Yeah. So, but now let's talk about Daenerys because, <laughs> okay. regardless of what you say, I, I think that she has been done just as dirty mm-hmm. as Jamie. Right. And the reason for it, and maybe it's different in the books, but you watch this woman come to be a leader, and not only just a leader, but like a just one. Mm-hmm. I didn't mean to do that with my wording, but it ended up. <laughs> 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 yeah. um, but. She, yes, she can be brutal with her justice, but she does not just kill just to kill. She, like, even her killing of Varys, like, it's a just death. Like, yeah, he was betraying her. Like, you can get behind that. But her just mutilating the entire city just because she's angry, not getting your way, is not her. Mm-hmm. She sees the common people, and she does what she can for them. I think I brought this up in the last podcast, but... Um, I can't remember the name of the city right now, but the last city that she was in, they hated her. Christ. Marine. Marine, thank yeah. you. Yeah. And she stayed there because she was like, no, like I can't leave this place the way it is because it's falling apart and I need to get this into a better place. They all hated her, and she did that for them. So I don't give a damn that <laughs> Westeros hates her. That is not justification for her to go in this downward spiral. Even everything with John is not justification for that. Like, she is kind at heart. And then she's in that season or that episode, she says, um, we will be merciful for like the future generations. Like mercy is our strength. And it's like, that just went out the window too. And it's just, that's not who she is. And I, I feel like that plot decision was the easy way out of this story. I know it's been said that George the, the R. R. A- said stuff, but it was right. the way that they made this happen was the easy way out. And the I writers took happy. a lot of easy ways out of this. Yeah. And, um, that so would, would you would you classify uh, Daenerys as probably your least favorite character arc? Um, that that is yeah, I would say that just okay. because I I've actually really enjoyed her character right. besides everything with John. I've I've mm-hmm. hated all that, but like <laughs> seeing her become a strong, powerful woman mm-hmm. with her words and her politics alone, she can't fight, but she's great. great. Yeah, yeah, it's she's been great, powerful yeah. to see that, and Agreed. just seeing that go out the window has been terrible. Yeah, so. Uh, Do you men want to say something about that after? Uh, <laughs> so I'm not gonna. My view of it has been kind of very neutral. Like um, I can, I, I've kind of seen the discourse on both sides of how, like, oh, they've for they've foreshadowed about her gradual descent. Um, that the violence that she um, 
uh, had wrought in her liberation of Marine and the other slave cities um, was also brutal in its own right. But you can also kind of write that off as that, like, even though that was brutal in a world like Game of Thrones and Westeros, and even the, you know, free cities on the other side of the, uh, on the other continent, you can argue that, you know, her actions are at least viewed in a favorable light because she's at least, she feels like she's doing the right thing and within the context of the show, it, it is kind of the right thing. Yeah. She's doing it in extreme measures where she's kind of the same side of, you know, the opposite side of the same coin of Cersei. Cersei's kind of like this, you know, the queen bitch where <laughs> she's rolling with an iron fist. Right. She's basically embodying the queen just because she can. That's always been her um, character development is, you know, power hungry where with Daenerys she may not have wanted that power to begin with but she understands that you know this is my destiny and she kind of ran with it and that naivety that kind of guided her and the men that also kind of helped guide her through the process kind of brought her to this place and now I can kind of empathize with those who feel like this was a disservice to her character because it kind of feels like even if you wanted her to destroy the Red Keep, like, if she was angry at the Red Keep for what it represented and people got hurt in the process because her rage towards that symbol blinded her, I would say that would have been an, still an effective tool to show her gradual descent into madness, or at least a relative madness where she's just like, I've had enough. I've mm -hmm. been through this entire journey. I've lost so many people. I've had so many people... But stab me in the back. I have an, an incompetent uh, hand. Some of my best <laughs> no, some, some of my best friends are now dead. Jora and you know I've come through this way. The the man that I uh, thought I loved is can't really show me the same affection. Fine, let it be fear. Mm -hmm. But there's a line of going like, let it be fear, unleashing your anger on a symbol. But then involving the rest of this citizenry in that city just took it a step too far, I felt. And that's right. not her at mm -hmm. all. Yeah. Like, like everything that you said, I think kind of goes along with what I said, that she is just, like, she's very ruthless with that justice, but, like, she only takes out the people that need to be taken out. Right. That's and all she's ever done, and she has been a champion for the common people. Right. And it is not like her to just take all the common people out. I, and, I see. And, oh, and to kind of bounce back, it's, uh, you know, and quickly wrap this up, it's like you can eat, you can still have casualties where her own rage uh, still gets people hurt, and then she still has to wrestle with like John, who would come up and go like, Daenerys, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. It's like you know. I understand what you're going through. I understand that, you know, you felt feel this way, but this is the wrong way. And maybe that could be a point for Daenerys to go like, what have I done? Mm -hmm. You know, kind of have this moment of inflection because I'm not sure how the series is going to end now because I feel like with how they ended that city, now it's going to be this huge confrontation between Daenerys and Jon. It's like, we've already been through so much this season and now we're going to have this clusterfuck yeah, happening. Yeah, I would agree so, with that. And so the, the thing is that uh, Daenerys, I always saw Game of Thrones as very uh, Godfatherish. How like how like it's not it's not about the ending. It's about everything that happen, mm -hmm. happens in between. Um, because Game of Thrones was built up on tons of plot strings, ongoing stories, large amounts of cast of characters and their their ambitions, and everyone trying to climb the the, the ladder that is chaos. And uh, Game of Thrones has never been a, been about endings. Like the, I don't think we've had we've had very few endings since the book started on any of the ongoing plot lines. And so. The, uh, talking about endings in general with Game of Thrones is kind of kind of hard for me, but in general, I've always saw Game of Thrones as very Godfatherish, and uh, Daenerys was very much so like Michael Corleone, and how like he was the champ champion that we always wanted to root for, 
And uh, Michael Corleone, uh, spoiler at the end of the Godfather series, became what he feared. I haven't watched yet. He, he uh, became what he feared most. And uh, and and I saw this kind of poetic irony, I guess I would say, with Daenerys. If she would, if she would kind of, I've, I've always thought that that what if she became what she fe- uh, feared most, and we had another crazy Targaryen, you know, on, on the throne, and um, something else would some some shocking uh, uh, set of events would have to happen to have to get her off and. Uh, I, like I don't mind Daenerys going going mad, but I, I would have liked to would have to I would like it, it to have happened tastefully. This was not tastefully. Yeah. Um, it was not nothing. Nothing about this was tasteful. It, it, it should have been done over the course of the other seven seasons. Yeah. Subtly, like yeah. boom, like it's not spurt, like little spurts, like mm. every couple episodes, like right. You see her doing like I don't know, it's like. Back in the blinds, like going crazy and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. This oh. is this is very scorched earth to put it very literally. <laughs> oh, 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 there's the door. Get out of here. You. I'm here all. <laughs> and I, I would say I still feel like having her go crazy is the easy choice, even if mm. it were to be done tastefully. But right. if it has to happen, mm. like you guys said, take the time to do it properly. Right. Her character deserves much more than that. Uh, uh, all she, these characters do. She quite hasn't been, like gone into the deep end yet in the books no. it's like she's more naive yeah. than anything else in the books yeah George R. R. Martin says he has a, quite a few more books left in him uh, at least two and so but uh, for me like I, I, I do hate Daenerys' uh, turn She's probably, like I said, she's probably my second favorite uh, character arc in here Jamie's is probably number one I'm, I, I don't know why but that one upset me a lot more uh, but Daenerys is pretty horrible. I'm not even going to try to try to deny <laughs> that. Uh, but there's a lot of things that are pretty horrible uh, with with this season. But uh, the character arcs are there. But you guys have any character arcs you thought was du- oh? You, what do you, what do you have to say for about least favorite? Yeah. Least favorite? Yeah, least favorite characters. Would you agree with Danny as yeah, well? Yeah, Danny and okay. Damian, Danny and James stuff just okay. Yeah, me off. Okay. Do as, you guys? As a side note, Bran. It's like we get to the uh, the the long night, and basically the show drops him off the face of the planet. And, <laughs> and also, uh, justice for Ghost. Oh yeah! Amen. Thank you, thank you, man. Amen to that. Like, what kind of monster? Like, you can't even just go pet him. Like, I, what? I, I, didn't you say bottom his pet, man? How hard is it to like get a dog? And then just CGI the face of the direwolf. Yeah. I know. On, on the face of the dog. It's like, if you can do the dragons, I'm sorry, you can do a direwolf. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I, 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 you, you all have to do, like, the neck up for the direwolf. Yeah. That's it. You know? Yeah, no, everything, everything with ghosts has been so heartbreaking. All right, guys, so... And I, lack of an ear. <laughs> ear stuff. All right, guys, so, I, so one thing I wanted to bring up at the beginning of the podcast, but I forgot to, I want you guys to marinate on it for a little bit, but I'll bring this up now. So... Uh, finales in general have always been a very interesting uh, topic for me. I find them very, very interesting to, to, to talk about, um, no matter if it's uh, in a play, it's supposed to be a tragedy, comedy, or whatever. But um, Game of Thrones has been a show that has broken so many records, both critically and uh, money-wise, and it's gotten some insane budgets because of that, and it's done things that most TV shows couldn't even dream of doing. And it's, it's been praised. Ironically, we're making fun of the writing, but it's been praised ups and downs uh, for, for, for how great graders writing is, especially in early seasons. And I'm, I'm, I'm just curious, does a, fa- a bad finale automatically turn a great show into trash? 
No. And and I'm I'm just curious on you guys' thoughts on what do you guys think about because of course what I'm saying is this well basically what I'm asking is will season eight like ruin uh ruin all of the all the, all the goodwill that Game not, of Thrones has me. done. Because I could, I could just ignore the last season. Okay. For me personally. And I feel like I will do that, but I feel like I will always kind of have a bad taste in my mouth. Right. Like, it was just done dirty. Like, mm-hmm. it wasn't done the way it should be. And I don't think any show... It was disrespect is what it, it was. Yeah, it's disrespectful to the show and everything they've created. And I don't think anything has ever disappointed me quite this much. All I can say is, like, I think there's only been one show where um, that I've watched where the final season, how they ended it, and how they got there... And just the revelation that kind of broke me was uh, Battlestar Galactica. Mm-hmm. And for that, kind of soured the entire experience. Because up to this point, it's like you had this great um, space opera drama. And, you know, the relationships, you know, who's a Cylon, who can be trusted. Mm-hmm. And then you get to the final eight that they revealed and you're like, no. There is no tangible, logical uh, way that these guys are Cylons. Right. And it just broke me. So. Yeah, I can understand that. I think for me, kind of along with what we just said, or Brandon, sorry, I don't know how you want to be called on the podcast. Either way. Um, so I um, watched all of Game of Thrones in one week when I was sick. Yes, I did that. She's crazy. And, <laughs> and then I, I, it was actually this past December, and then I've had the show that, that has been airing that I've been watching. And I feel like the fact that I watched the show that way will make it easier for me to separate them because I had just like one glorious week of perfection. And this has been a different experience that I will try very hard to separate in my head. Okay. Well, for me personally, I had already mentally separated myself from the show a long time ago because the changes starting about season three. Which we talked about. I am like, I, I, I had struggled so much over the years just to separate show and books. And then what it did for, like, the, the, the scene that did it for me was when Ramsey Bolton raped Sansa. Sansa. Mm. That, I'm like, that was the last season I fully watched. After that, because, like, for me personally, we already knew Ramsey was an asshole. We already knew he was a bad guy. And to me, Sansa already had motivation to get the North back. Mm-hmm. We didn't need to have that more, like, that indignity on Sansa to get raped like that. That was not needed. Mm-hmm. Um, that was definitely kicking the puppy. Yeah, yeah. so I... That, so was the Red I, Wedding. I, that, the Red Wedding... Well, the Red Wedding actually happened. Well, no, when I'm, I'm saying, like, even some of the details in the TV show um, didn't have happen in the book, apparently. They added... Because, well, because on the... the Oh, like didn't they stab like in the in the shows, they stab her pregnant right, belly, right. but in the book, she's not pregnant? She is, but she's not there. Oh, okay. Rob's wife is somewhere else and okay. so there's the whole like that's a little bit more okay. yeah but and then i, I heard that jamie didn't actually rape cersei in the books is that a thing <sighs> or no that one that kind kind of okay and that, it's that, okay that, we're yeah. getting off topic that, that one's yeah. a lot that was a thin thin <laughs> line okay like that one because that still kind of happened but yeah, no discussion. But yeah, the, the Sansa stuff was it season five? I believe so. Five. That one. Five or six. Yeah. yeah what, whatever, whatever. I was like, I'm done with the show. They, the writers D and D, fucked it up beyond mm-hmm. where they could redeem, really redeem themselves mm-hmm. for me. 
in my eyes. Yeah. Like, I have nothing against the actors, nothing against the how it's shot, how it looks, the the, the, produ- like the production side. It's D&D. It's, my hate is on them. Yeah. yeah. It's solely on them for ruining a great character. And Sansa, Ramsey was already a dick. It just... <laughs> Played yeah. by a great actor, but oh, yeah. Was, yeah, yeah, the actor who plays Ramsey, brilliant. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant. But yeah. I could <laughs> go on and on about yeah. this whole that whole thing. Well, so with all the mayhem and crazy stuff that has happened, ugh, and the bells alone in this show, in this season, uh I got a question for you guys. How how would each of you like the season to end based off all the evidence we have now. How would you guys like to see chaos. it? Chaos, absolute chaos. <laughs> I, 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 I am, I am so you're little. So you're being like Littlefinger, but yeah. like just just go he's full being, chaos. He's being the um, uh, chaotically evil. <laughs> <laughs> chaotically exactly. evil. Because exactly. I, for me, who who has pretty much cut myself off mm-hmm. from the show a while ago, I don't get. I it's like have at it. Mm-hmm. I just want. Hell, like let's go down to hell already. Yeah. Greg <laughs> joked that I should say. Dracaris to the whole season and just redo it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't mind that. That's what, like, I know that will never happen, mm-hmm. but that would be I, great. I just find it funny that people are signing, signing petitions. That won't be. <laughs> like, it'll, it'll never happen. Because it really worked for The Last Jedi. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Chris, uh, what would you, you like to see happen? To me, I feel like in order for the series to end in a um, thematically... Um, satisfying way possible. I feel like this, and I always felt like this was what George R. R. Martin was intending for the series to end. You know, at the end of it all, when the whole, when the ashes are settling and everybody is calming down and kind of contemplating how they got to this, I hope that the the cast um, comes to, to a unanimous agreement that no one should sit on the Iron Throne. Mm-hmm. Like this was always the answer from the get go. It's mm-hmm. like. You know, you have a lot of people going like, oh, who should sit on the Iron Throne? I'm like, the answer is simple. Nobody should. And I feel like the characters need to reach that conclusion. But now that we're on the last episode, I feel like it's now going to come down to Daenerys and Jon. And if they end it in a way where it's like both of them kind of go like, wait a second, what the fuck are we doing? Mm-hmm. It, like, maybe they're about to battle and they're like, wait, no, no, we're ending this now. Mm-hmm. Where's the Iron Throne? Let's uh, put Dro- Drogon in front of it, melt the, this uh, motherfucking throne. Yeah. As a symbolic gesture of, like, the Game of Thrones is done. Mm-hmm. The Seven Kingdoms are their own. Who knows what the future is going to hold, but at least now the Game of Thrones has effectively ended. Right. I, I would be okay with that ending. Mm-hmm. I can say what I really don't want to happen mm-hmm. have happen. I really don't want to see Jon on the throne. I don't I, either. I've been saying this. I'm not the biggest John fan, man. I'm and a- I do like John. Right. Like, he's not in my top five, but, like, I appreciate him as a character. But I th- I will feel very unsatisfied if he's sitting on the throne in the end. Because that's agreed, not agreed. him. Agreed, agreed. I am with you. I do yeah. not want to see John on the throne. I don't. Yeah. Um, so, pot, so, for the, pot for king. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll go with that. Braun! Braun, Bron, I'm kidding. Okay. No, pot, he needs I, his I, castle. On that same interview where Pot, like, the guy who played Pot, pot uh, was talking about his, like, don't fuck up my song. Mm-hmm. They looked up the odds because there are actually odds of who was going to sit on the Iron Throne. He had the hi- like, second highest odds because I can't remember who, who who had the highest, but someone else. Yeah. I think it was Hot Pie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would also be equally disappointed if it, Tyrion sits on it because as much as I like Tyrion, it's like no. Hey, that's how I feel about Arya. Yeah. I would never want Arya on the throne. No. I, don't, I don't think Tyrion. It would be fitting of Tyrion as a character mm-hmm. to be the sit on the Iron Throne. Mm-hmm. No, it's not for him. He's more of an advisor. Yeah. 
so kind of behind the scenes. Kind of. yeah. So, uh, so as far as my thoughts on, on the ending goes, so like like I kind of alluded to earlier, um, Game of Thrones is so this whole ending has become very narrow. Game of Thrones as a whole is anything but being narrow. There's all these ongoing stories, plot lines, yeah. and strings. People being tangled together. It's it's about everyone trying to climb that chaos, that ladder, and everyone trying to do what they got to do, making moves. And so Game of Thrones coming to an end is it's kind of weird to say, but it's very anti Game of Thrones because. And so and so and the way the writers wrote it, this story is very narrow. And I would just and if and with everything the way it is now, honestly, they should just have it be an ongoing war for the throne because, like I said, it's all about that. The throne is evil, man. Yeah. The throne is evil. It's it's caused caused a uh, a lot of wars. Like uh, my boy Varys said, desire has has done a lot of uh, bad to this country. And shit, maybe that's how the show should end because. I mean, it's, a, it's becoming a steaming pile anyway, at least this season. <laughs> as much as I trust me, I love Game of Thrones. And yes. um, for, 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 for me, it is one of the it, it, it is, was one of the greatest TV shows, in my opinion, ever made. It's one of the greatest shows. But this 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 ending, man, it's Brett's brutal. And I'm pretty sure all of you guys have a lot more thoughts on it. Oh, yeah. And I'm pretty sure we could all take bets on what we think will happen, which we probably will. Uh, we're coming to an end of this uh, therapy session of uh, Game of Thrones. I would like to have you guys all back for for another episode post finale. But um, I, if you guys we, all, we may need like alcohol yeah. will probably be needed. Yes, yes. I would like <laughs> to get, have you guys all back and chocolate. Yes, there. <laughs> yes, yes. I need some Kit Kats. But I'll have you guys all back. But uh, thank you everyone for uh, listening to all us ramble on, letting us chat your ear off. And uh, you guys, any of you guys got any closing statements you want to say? Pod for King. Okay. <laughs> okay. Just silent tears. Okay. <laughs> I'm right there with you, too. Yes, thank you. I think I'm just going to make, like, Tyrion and drink. <laughs> yes, I, I'm right there with you, too. But, bro, if Tyrion was on the, was on the throne, he'd, they'd be like, Sir Tyrion, are you sure this is right? That's what I do. I drink and I know things. Shoot, go, go. <laughs> but uh, thank you guys for listening. This is Dez from Featuring Dez. Signing out. Peace.